Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, seeing another person's point of view is not a bad thing. Another visit with lady ass-kickers from history, this time Russian World War II tank version. The beginning of a long-term discussion of how you would like the world to be in 30 years. MMA girls... Being starstruck, Mrs. Quail's bad day, and by all means, just don't get caught. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dallas Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 96 of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. It just keeps cranking up. It's going to be 100 in a minute, and that's pretty exciting. But once again, beside me and not across the table is Daniele Bolelli. You know, I'm thinking about the new recorder for sure. Donations, please. Um... What about stools instead of chairs or maybe even standing? That's an interesting... Uh, standing would be badass for two hours or something. That I it think takes so. To record. We can try. Let's try We've to... done it the same way for four years. Maybe if we stand up. Stand up. While stand dancing. Up. I'm, I, I will not believe in any god who will not dance. And that's a beautiful Nietzsche quote. Thank it's you. Thank you. It's a beautiful quote. So yes. that's voice is Daniele Bolelli. And here we are for another fun episode of Chatting About What's What. Um, let's give a thank you to our heroes who have been in our corner the entire time. That's Usara, Onnit, and Sure Design. Thank you guys so much for the support. For, for you guys, if you can please check out their website, that would be sweet. The links are in the episode notes. There are discount codes in the episode notes, so you can actually get, you know, not pay full price if you decide that you like some of their stuff. We use stuff from all three of this company yep we love all of them again we wouldn't really you know we're not gonna have the drunken tau is sponsored by monsanto kind of thing you know we're only gonna have stuff that we actually enjoy so, we're okay change of plans sorry the drunken tau is sponsored by monsanto is this week poisoning wow. communities and suing farmers for using things that are pollinated from their crops yeah that's 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 gonna be our next episode miracle growing you yeah, no, these guys are great. Um, Datsusara, Onnitshore Design, we use all their products. Datsusara, when it comes to hemp gear, bags, backpacks, uh, ghee, everything is brilliant. Onnit, what have I been on an Onnit kick lately? I keep, you know, I always get something. Uh, that's the fun of it. It's like I'm always playing with different things that Onnit puts out there. So some... What about the new Alpha Brain, which I hadn't even heard about? The yeah, Insta the, Alpha Brain. I'll give you some. It's Ooh. right there. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. It works really fast and it's... Like, whereas peels have been a hit and miss in the sense that sometimes I really feel it. Yeah. And others, I'm like, oh, I didn't feel it so much this time. The instants are great. They have been working every single time. So worth, worth checking out. I'll give you a few. And of course, sure design with the most brilliant t-shirts in the universe. 
So having said that, thank you to these folks. Please check them out. Let's get on to the episode. Straighten your ass out on this crazy Bible thing that on collegehumor.com I saw it very recently, and it's a bunch of angels hanging out, and they've stolen God's diary. <laughs> I did and not see that. They're going yet. through the New Old Testament, just laughing like hell, and out comes God. He's all kinds of pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I need to see that. Yeah. By the way, I think you just killed half of our listeners with your lift your hands up in the air. Half of them were at the wheel, and they just crashed into oh, no, no. a semi-truck by lifting their hands Our people hands are train up. riders. They're okay. I had that happen, actually, with uh, a Rogan podcast when Wim Hof was on. I was listening, and Wim Hof was breaking down his breathing techniques, and uh, he had uh, Joe do it and all of that. Did you join in? And I start going with it, and all of a sudden, I'm a completely about to crash because you start hyperventilating in a way and then like five minutes later Wim Hof goes oh by the way don't do that when you're driving or something and I'm like yeah thanks that's uh, five minutes ago may have helped me avoid trying to kill a whole row of people on the freeway see I picture our listeners not trapped in their car they're out living free lives right enjoying nature searching for the fear I see them my picture right now is a hammock on the beach that's oh, how I picture it but with a fucking Mai Tai next to you that would be the way to go and uh, our soothing voices in your earbuds exactly worry not about the tsunami as it approaches <laughs> this is the way it was meant to be uh, there's still time you can still outrun it don't worry or you could just sit there and drink that drink and go damn that's a big way that also may be a way on to, to the next chapter I, th- I think more and more about Duncan's idea that the whole thing's a video game yeah yeah I mean, so many winks and nods and crazy you know yeah. synchronicities that the should matrix. not be the matrix as a documentary yeah yeah the um, Let's play with biblical stories. Okay. So let's go back to a substantial one. Once in a while we play with more quick and simple. This is, we dig deep for this one. We are talking from Judges, the book of Judges. Uh, this is shortly after the time of, that we discussed when we talk about Samson. At this time, the Jews have returned back to the promised land, but they have no king. And having no king is a bad thing, because we need a solid dictatorship to run things, otherwise lawlessness will prevail. And an ass jaw. Well, there's that. Well, that was good old Samson, yes. Now, during these troubled times, a man from the tribe of Levi, I guess? In Italian, I would say Levi. Sounds good to me. The tribe of Levi's, the guys who were wearing blue no, jeans all the time, yeah, right? them. The, um, was traveling with his concubine. And they stop into a town belonging to the tribe of Benjamin. There they are given a hospitality by an old man who say, Oh, you guys are here by yourself. There's no, just come with me. You never know what's going on. You better, you know, I don't we trust my townsfolk. So just come with me. I'll give you hospitality for the night. 
While they were staying there, a mob, which apparently must have read about the story of Lot... Uh, the angel, oh yeah, yes, I forgot. Comes up, Ripping with, time. comes up with the same request. They go to the old man's door and tell him, look, we saw that you have these guests with you. Just throw out that guy, throw out the Levite so that we can rape him. Uh, I believe the biblical quote from Judges 19.22 is, bring forth the man that came into your house that we may know him. Know him is not a let's no. just talk about it. We want to get to know him. They want to come into him yes, the same way he came into the house. That is correct. The what old... is up with this? What does this say? Every town you roll into, raping is the first thing you have to be careful. Not get yourself a drink. I don't. Gas it's... up your mule. Old Middle Eastern life must have been rough. Let's put it that way. Or the message was, don't leave home. Again, nobody yeah. wants you. Yeah, there's that. And also these guys apparently running out of ideas in the Old Testament because the story is basically <laughs> the same as Lot. It starts out the same way because what does the old man do in that moment? Of course, he tried to reason with the crowd by offering the concubine or his own virgin daughter instead. See, now there again, that's never going to roll either. If it comes between my virgin daughter and my Levi friend with his jeans, I think... See you, bitch. You yeah. made a lot of money on those jeans. And you ought to visit our East Border Friend podcast because they love blue jeans. Uh, that's in, in Latvia. In supposedly. Data. The the quote here of the old guys, Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble them, and do with them what seem good to you. But unto this man... I'm don't, fucking it myself, so be on your way. <laughs> don't do so vile a thing. <laughs> Why do you think I let this bastard in here? So, but this is where things turn out ugly. Because, you know, in ugly. the story of... Yeah, so far it was fun and games. Uh, so, you know, the story of Lot, we saw how now the divine angel intervention, they knock, the angels were. they knock out the crowd and, you know, the wannabe rapists are kicked to the curb. That's not the way it's going to play out in this scenario. The Unfortunately, show up with some camcorders because they want to videotape it for... They don't show up at all. What? Sadly, uh, the Levite, who's clearly a gentleman, decides that in order to avoid his own rape, he grabs his concubine and throws her in the street and locks the door right behind and again, where's this version of the Bible story? They should do a VeggieTales version of this story. Yeah, that would be an interesting concept. Larry the cucumber throws Bob the tomato out into the street so he can be raped by a crowd of angry grapes. That's basically what's going on. And the quote goes: So the man took his concubine and brought her forth to them, and they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. They basically, literally, raped her to death, according to the story. Uh, the next morning, the Levite is a little bit bummed out that he lost his concubine. Not that bummed out, clearly, because, you know, he's the one who threw her out in the street. But in, they don't open the door until it's all done and over with the next morning. And what he does is he puts her corpse on their donkey or whatever it is they were using to travel with. Off he goes back home. Because the story is not gross enough, let's make it grosser. Okay? You can't, you're making it up at this point. Because first of all, what, like, what, 1924 through 19... It's okay, it's in that range. Because I've got to see this with my own eyes. What is our lesson? What am I wait, being taught? Wait, That dictatorship is a good thing. I'm going to get oh. to that. That's where we're trying to go with it. But the guy chops up her body into 12 parts. Easier to carry. Yeah. And send a piece of her to each of the 12 tribes of Israel in order to arouse their indignation. Saying, see what happened to this poor woman, uh, what these bastards have done. 
So thousands of people from the various tribes volunteer to fight to punish this offense. Uh, they go and demand that the tribe of Benjamin give up the guilty party. But when they refuse, war breaks out. The tribe of Benjamin is soundly crushed and all of their women are killed in the war. Because again, this story is going too well so far. So at this point, the, um, this Jewish army that just crashed the tribe of Benjamin... Hmm? How'd they kill him? They don't specify. There's a whole joke, you know. Guy gets stranded on a desert island with a couple of his friends, and the villagers find him, and they grab him up, and they say, Is it death or Ruru? And the guy goes, Well, I don't want to die. Uh, Ruru. So they take him to the old Ruru stump, strap him down, and they marry away at him for the whole evening. Uncut him away, and you can go. Next guy up says, Is it death or Ruru? And that guy's like, fuck this Ruru business, man. Death. And the chief says, death! And everybody says, yay! Bye, Ruru! <laughs> that sucks. That's, so yeah. this is the world we're living in, this crazy Bible. That's not at the Bible land in Kentucky. No, that's not. Usually this is one of the stories that you skip in Sunday school. That's safe to say. But we're not done, because it gets worse. These folks are about every word. This is getting better and better by the minute. Okay, so I'm far we had... I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So we had uh, death by rape. We had mm. the guy chopping her up in 12 pieces and sending her to the various tribes. The union of this tribe crashing the tribe of Benjamin, killing all of their women. But we're not done because they also realized that there's one town that had not sent any men to join the fight. So they did not participate into this war. So screw them. So they decide to attack their town and kill everybody except for 400 virgins that are to be found in that town. So now, after all this genocidal mood, they begin to feel a little guilty about the fact that they nearly destroyed the tribe of Benjamin and they have no women left. So the solution, it seems to be obvious, is hand out the 400 virgins from this town that have not contributed any soldiers to the cause to the survivors among the tribe of Benjamin so that they can thrive again, basically rape them, have kids with them, and then the, the, the tribe can survive. So yeah, that's a lovely biblical... Uh, this, this, this actually went down? Yeah, well, I don't know. It, I, whether every this word, is historical every, every or not. Oh yes, every exactly. Every so as I was saying, absolutely went down. The moral of the story, what they are trying to show you here, the author of Judges, is that people need a king. If you don't have a strong, tough ruler, then craziness and bad things will prevail. So we need a good dictator to make sure that everything works out. That's essentially where they are going with, with this whole story. Runtime. Before the lovely Savannah M leaves us right now, let's involve her for just a second because she's about to walk out the door right now. And uh, she is about also to make her pro debut in MMA. Savannah, want to say hi to the lovely folks? Hi, everybody. Savannah, 
I know. We were like, so I was like, I don't want to say hi. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> Fuck you all. So we'll reward her with raw meat right now. We can throw a chunk of raw meat at I have a chunk of raw meat. I don't think those girls should be fighting in the MMA, to tell you the truth. Because oh. there's nothing worse than a pretty girl getting hit. Ah! Ah! Oh, shit, she's choking me out. <laughs> Rich is dead, so I'll continue the whole show by myself now. It's, you know, and I understand. And they're perfectly welcome to fight. I just don't like girls getting hit. There's no, something in me where it's not right. Now we're going to go into the whole debate, but thank you for your part. <laughs> you will let you go. Thank you for choking me. Love and kisses. Talk to you soon. So do you see my point at all? I don't mean, um, I don't want to think anybody's right away. They're welcome to do it. Just for me, I don't like seeing women get smacked around like that. That's a fairly common concept i've heard uh, george st pierre said the exact same thing and just, you know the way gsp said it is the way you say it is like it's not you know i appreciate the hard work i appreciate the talent i appreciate all of it gsp was like i feel weird seeing that um and i kind of i mean i get it and i don't i mean no i get it i get it i don't know on one level of course you get it First, because in situation where you care for somebody, seeing them get hurt is not a pleasant thing. By no, any stretch I'm sure of any fighting family goes through that. Yeah, exactly. I guess the whole, uh, there is an element about the female MMA because you're also thinking, you know, a guy who got uh, his forehead split by an elbow, he just became more manly. He's, uh, oh, you got, uh, what was it? There's... Um, uh, John Wayne Parr, a kickboxer, was in uh, a guest on Rogan's podcast multiple times. He's great, by the way. Very nice guy. He has like 320 stitches on his face from all this time in Thai boxing, all from elbows and things like that. And again, you get another cut, big deal. You are more of a man. A woman who gets her face messed up is, doesn't get a pass the same way. Uh, the social backlash is a lot worse for that. Because again, part of the deal is that a man is not about looking pretty, it's about looking tough and scarce, as they put it, chicks dick scars. <laughs> but for a woman, it's a little trickier, right? Because, you know, you get your face smashed, it's a bad thing. And so there is more of an issue there of, oh, shit, the stakes are higher in that regard, because just that's just the way it works in terms of social response to this. Do you think it goes, like, even deeper, though, all the way to the reptilian that... Those are the womb bearers, and they must be protected at all costs, and letting them beat the hell out of each other is not the greatest idea. Probably, and I mean, in fact, if you have had a good education where you're like, your idea is not, uh, you know, your wife is not making you a sandwich, punch her in the face. If you have the attitude of, no, you shouldn't, spousal abuse is not cool, and that kind of stuff. You know, the general rule that, yes, hitting anybody is not such a good idea, but definitely hitting women is seen as a big no-no. I get it. At the same time, just to play, because again, it's not that I don't get that viewpoint. I get it. The other side of the equation, of course, is that everybody deals with conflict. And this idea, if you want to test yourself in an environment such as combat sports, where it's all about physical conflict and, you know, all the shit that we say, what's good about it, you know, the fact that you grow as a person through just toughness, the fact that the kind of qualities that combat sports develop in you, Obviously, it's not like, oh, no, no, poor little one. You shouldn't develop those because you are delicate. That's also a problem. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it becomes paternalistic. It becomes, so I can see how it's a very slippery slope there because it's very easy to, I mean, ultimately it's like, you know, people do whatever they want to do it. But in terms of how we feel about it, 
I tend to side more with, uh, hey, this is what you want to do. You're an adult. You're strong. You're tough. Go for it. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, it especially let me make that without any uncertain terms. This is just me. I don't want yeah, to yeah, yeah. totally watch it. As far as everybody else in the whole planet, if you want to do it, I would be the last person to ask you not to for any reason. Please did do what you, you like. Did you watch much of the female MMA? Um, I watched all the Ronda Rousey stuff. It's not right. like I didn't see it. So, I, I watched it like this. So just, really? It freaks you out? Yeah. There's something. Uh, and the Ronda Rousey is metal compared That's to. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, you see Cyborg, what she does Cyborg, to her opponents. Yeah. That's just bad. Yeah. That you feel bad for her opponent. But then again, that I feel bad for. Any, like, well, anytime I see a one sided beating, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just bad. It'd be but, like playing Serena Williams at tennis. Just yeah. So, it's, sorry about your luck, Fred. But, you know, <laughs> the points are not scored with, oh, you let that ball go, they scored. The points are scored on your face. So it's a whole other kind of game. It's amazing, man. It's a brave new world. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I do wonder what the billion-dollar sale and all that's going to That sounds like it's causing trouble already. UFC. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. But, but it's not going anywhere. On a, Yeah, on this front, though, yeah, Savannah... Are um, well, again, if you have forgotten, she has done most of our t shirts. She didn't do the logo, uh, Jamie Ludovic did that, but uh, we have uh, she did all the other shirts the Nietzsche, the um, EQ, Dionysian Parade, all of that. She's done the logo for History on Fire, all the cover episodes, all of that stuff, you know. So she, she's gonna, she decided she's been doing boxing for about 40 years or so, and she's pretty damn good at it she started doing jiu-jitsu about a year and a half ago and she's been doing she's been competing regularly and doing pretty kick-ass like i think she did four or five tournaments she she basically got second place in all of them except one she got first so you know she's doing good again she's still that's newer to her game but she's picking it up quick and she's good most of the people who she has trained with people of high level people have been in ufc people who are or like Nick Gregoriades, you know, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, our former guest. Everybody say she's good. You know, she has a lot of raw talent. She picks up stuff quick. She has, she's kind of a natural at this game. So encouraged by this and the fact that she's been training like crazy, she decided, ah, what the hell, let's go for it. So she decided to make her MMA pro debut coming up soon. As we are recording right now, I'm not entirely sure. It's likely she's thinking of shooting for the end of October. So that's coming up soon. By the time, in the gap between us recording and when I put together the episode notes and we actually release the episode, I may have more information. So if I do, I'll put the link in the episode notes to, I think she's going to be selling tickets. She's going to be close to San Diego on an Indian reservation, close to San Diego. I believe she's going to be for Gladiator Challenge, which is one of the long-standing local promotions that have been around for a long time. Hell, even Quinton Jackson Rampage started fighting there first. Well, we got to go. It's Yeah, it's of course. Um, so that's the gig. That's what she's thinking of doing. And again, of course, anytime you're thinking about people you care being in a dangerous situation is uh, mixed feelings, to say the least. Um, but at the same time, just, I don't know, I've been, uh, I've been really impressed with just what she has done through all this time with her martial arts has been pretty kick-ass. So it's, um, well, we shall see how it pans out. Oh, I shall, I hope she beats her ass. Oh, that speaking. I wouldn't mind watching. <laughs> if as long as it's the other way, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, Throw things. Stop and, this. Right. Jump in what the cage. Oh, she punched the fuck out of her. Get her. Get her. Ah! 
Yeah, that's basically the game, right? I can't wait. The, she's got, uh, she put together a public Facebook page. So it's up there. I'll put a link in the episode notes where she puts both her sweet art and punching people in the face. So it's going to be fighting Ying videos and, uh, and art. Exactly. So that's where it's at. But in any case, so yeah, I know you are... Uh, uh, I remember, in fact, I wanted to bring it up because I remember you multiple times mentioning how you get freaked out by the whole uh, I don't know. women, ladies fighting kind of thing. Isn't that weird? Well, I don't, I mean, again, it's, it's not how I feel, but I understand it, you know. It, hey, wait a minute. That's looking at things from a different point of view and actually having an opinion. How, uh, how important is that in this world? Uh, speaking of which, let's pull up good old Mr. Dan Carlin. Cue the music. Yeah, I saw an interview with good old Dan Carlin. And uh, as usual, he's on point. You know, everything he says is dead on. And, but there's one quote, the way they close the interview, that's just fucking brilliant, where he's more than dead on. These are words that... Let me shut up and actually read them to you so that makes it <laughs> Dan says if I can add some nuance and complexity and some context and compassion if I can get people to think about walking a mile in the other guy's moccasins or pretend like you want to I can feel like I'm adding something that is unusual and it's a little bit shocking and upsetting to me that this is unusual when people say it's so refreshing you wonder why it's refreshing to try to see the other person's viewpoint. Shouldn't that just be how we are? And that's the thing that I've said about Dan time and time and time again. One of the things that I love most about the man is his nuance, his ability to look at things from multiple directions and not being a little dogmatic bastard who goes by the playbook and you know before he even speak what's he going to say on any issue because that's how most people are. They go with their little dogma applied to everything and you know what they're going to argue before they even say anything. Then you don't because he's always looking at one issue one way but then there's always the but part. There's always the yes, I do see all that but let's not forget about this other side of the equation. Yep. Now, looking at it both ways doesn't mean spineless relativism where you can, oh, it's this and that, I can't make up my mind. You know, the situation may be 95-5 in between two opposite viewpoints. Maybe you completely endorse one side, except with a twist, when you remember that, yes, while I believe this, there's also this other side to it that's important to consider. In some cases, it's a lot more complex. It may be more of a 50-50 situation. But regardless, almost never the truth is completely black or white. It's completely one-sided. And that's what Dan does well. But the question he poses... You know, when people say it's so refreshing, you wonder why it's refreshing to try to see the other person's viewpoint. Shouldn't that just be how we are? Yeah, I mean, because on another level, as much as I love Dan, what he's doing shouldn't be, it's not like something that a genius does. It's something that anybody who's... No, it's not like uh, been studying this for a thousand years and came to this awesome revelation. It seems almost haunting that we don't even realize what we are. Yeah, it's like, that's what everybody should do. That's not a special thing. No. Except it is it a special is, thing because nobody the else Qing does. It's gone terribly yeah. wrong. Again, is I think we mentioned it last time, is the Dao Te Ching line of uh, my way is very easy to understand and very easy to practice, but nobody understands it and nobody practices it. 
You know, what Dan is indicating is something that any self-respecting human being should engage in, except that the ones who do are so rare that you want to hug them and scream, brother, you have made it, here you are. Or line them up against the wall and have them shot. Yeah, that's the other version of how it's done. Because it's, and it's amazing to me. It's really, really, am- and I realize that this is going to be, I mean, has always been one of the overarching theme of most anything we talk to. But I think it's going to be even more in the future because I keep running into it in everything I read, in everything I do. The What we brought up in an episode a couple of times ago regarding binary thinking, regarding this logic where it's black or white. I'm going to defend this position 110% and the guys who argue differently, they are evil and wrong and there's no redeeming quality to them. That's what Dan is preaching against. He's saying that's bullshit. That's just not the way life works. Well, look how we're look how well that uh, condition is working in Congress right now. Where you can't even get a Zika bill passed. Yeah, of course, because everybody's got to stuff crazy shit that you know the other guy's going to vote against, and it just stops. That is madness. Yeah, because that's the. I mean, yeah, in politics, it's downright ridiculous, right? Sure. Where you have this dualism that's just doesn't even matter what they say. If they say there's the sun outside, the other side will say we should outlaw the sun because the sun is bad or causes cancer, you know? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's that for sure, the, the which is ridiculous. But even just on a non-political level, that no, seems to be... life, it, you're right. In every single thing is like either something is perfect and amazing or is evil and wrong. And there's never a fucking nuance to any discussion. And I guess us being named the drunken Taoist, you know, the whole point of fucking Taoism is to look at things. There are multiple sides to it. And they actually work with each other. They are not polar opposites fighting a war against... Yin and Yang are not fighting a war against each other, yelling at each other, saying, I'm right, you're wrong. It's always a mix of things. And again, I see it applied... Let's throw, I guess, another example of this. Just to kind of remind us that it happens in so many fields of experience that is almost as ridiculous as it sounds, because it seems so obvious. It seems like one of the secrets of life, because it applies to everything. Case in point... Um, we mentioned this, we hinted at it in the past before regarding gender roles and what's expected of everybody and so on. I was having a discussion a week ago, two weeks ago, something like this, with one of our former guests, we shall go unnamed because we want to not reveal his business to everybody. What is the <laughs> I thought that, sorry. <laughs> you actually nailed it. Of course. Did you know it? Who else could it be? Really? Oh, yeah. How did you know it? I just knew. It just it was obvious that's how I knew it had to Really? Be. He's my favorite for just the craziness that he spews. That's fucking funny. But oddly <laughs> enough, even though you're right, he's, that's... Well, that he's got would, great points too. That yeah. would be one of the reasons why you think of him, because of the one-sided weirdness. But, but oddly enough, side. it was for something else that this little thing came up. <laughs> so our, our unnamed former guest... Mr. X, Deep Throat. Yeah, we were talking and he was obviously going through some rough stuff and he was kind of wanted to chat and so I was listening and after a while I started you know asking some questions getting a sense of where he's coming from getting a sense of where his lady friend was coming from and in a little bit I mean not because I'm the enlightened master who came from the sky but I kind people of people question that yeah I think well, those who don't obey will be smited this is the bullshit humble thing I have to say but we all know it's the old. truth right I, I know send it's, your donations to the church of Beleli Los Angeles California 
exactly it. But after talking for a while, I basically, to me, the way I, and again, I don't know, because I don't know the situation. I wasn't there. I'm just basing it on what he tells me, right? So I tell him, okay, this is where she's coming from. This is why she's doing that. And incidentally, the way you are responding, the, what you're telling me that what you're doing is not what you're doing. You're responding to this because of other issues that are pretty obvious to me of why you're doing the stuff you're doing. And suddenly the line goes silent and it's kind of like, oh shit, that makes perfect sense. That is why I'm doing it. Now when I think about it, it's exactly what's going on. And that is where she's coming from. And now I get it. And, it's so and the thing that puzzled me about it was not... Because again, I did not have the moment of like, oh my God, I'm so fucking brilliant. I got this. At least not that. Day. I'm like, psychic Bolelli, just bring me your shit and I'll solve it Stay in one minute. Ten minutes, people. It's to me, it was, I wouldn't say obvious, but pretty close to it, what the dynamics are. And they were obvious. Why? Because I fucking listen and I understand human emotion. And so I understand if you do a certain thing, that's probably what's going on. And if you do... And the thing that he was telling me, back to my original point about gender roles and back eventually, we, uh, this long tangent take us back to this whole idea of yin and yang. One of the things he was telling me was this. He said, you know, it's so weird because there are probably a few women that I could talk to that could give me similar type of insights, but there's not one fucking guy who I could talk to that would respond this way to me in a way that actually gives me elements that I get and they are useful because it... Yeah, man, fuck her! <laughs> He's, that's basically what he was saying. He said, you know, I, there are several guys I know who would be very sympathetic, who would listen to me, who would be sweet. But in his version, his words, not mine, because I'm puzzled, his idea was most of the men, actually all of the men he knows, the way he puts it is all the men I know don't have a clue when it comes to emotions. They don't, they wouldn't understand this game. They wouldn't have no clue what she was coming from, where I was coming from. They would have taken it very much at face value and there was no digging an inch deeper. And I'm like, and here is where I'm having the Dan Carlin reaction. It's like, why? I mean, isn't that obvious? Isn't that what everybody does? You know, you pay attention to human emotion. It's kind of an important part of life. And instead, according to our bullshit dualistic approach, Men are supposed to, you know, break a beer bottle over their heads and have no feelings because that's what makes a man. You know, strength means you have no vulnerability, you have no emotion, you have no feeling because that makes you dependable and strong and make you keep plowing along. It's like, what the fuck? Where in the universe did we buy in this bullshit stereotype? Because it's a bullshit stereotype that's bad for everybody. So we've got two of them pointed out today. Yeah, it's like, and you know, you see Exactly, in completely different fields, right? You see it in politics, you see it at a very basic human level of, of what's expected of women, what's expected of men, and both get a shitty deal because women will end up having the, what are considered feminine characteristics, which completely lack some huge important elements of what it means to be a human being. Men will miss a huge important element of what it means to be a human being, and everybody turns into this stereotype of what a real human being is supposed to be. And I'm just like, go back to good old yin yang. It applies to everything. It's never this or that. It's this and that. It's always, uh, to it me, opposite. It. Yeah, it's it's always a combination of viewpoints. It's always you need to take from multiple directions, otherwise you're extremely limited. But other than me preaching and bitching right now, let me ask you, what do you think... Um, why do you think it is that 
it's become normal where you know what i was doing with our unnamed friend was a strange thing where a guy who actually can talk at length about emotional stuff what makes that acceptable uh, in our society and why we are that way i think we're so driven that we've lost track of everything Mm. especially in america i'm sure you've got to see it well everybody in europe takes six weeks off those motherfuckers just keep on working, keep on going. Mm-hmm. So there's no time to have any sort of uh, emotional response to anything. It's like, it's X, low, no, it, yes, it's, no. It slows down the productivity. Like, right. Yeah, you can't have that. That's got to keep increasing so you can keep decreasing your wages and just see how far we can push it. It's uh... The thing that I don't understand is that, I mean, of course, the hyper-productive mentality is fucked up. But even if you take it in a different context and you take it in a broader gender role of, you know, man who's supposed to be tough and strong and whether he's uh, go out to tend the goats or go out to kill the enemy or, you know, still be the provider, defender, protector kind of thing. Who the hell said that in order to be effective at that, which there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's good to be the tough, protective. That's all good stuff. But who said that? you have to sacrifice your whole emotional self in the name of doing that. You know, it, it, you don't get any less effective by being actually human, by having emotions, by paying attention to other people's emotions. No, it kind of makes it a little more nuanced and exciting way to live when you can see things at different shades, for sure. Um, I hate to say it, that may be all the way back to, well, that's just how it's always been. Right. Because when was there a time when men were reacting on more than just smashing with the sword. No, and that that's, never exists. Right, and, and that's the funny thing that then you talk Maybe to me. Maybe that's the awakening that's going on right now. And I'm like, I love Conan the Barbarian and UFC. You know what I mean? I'm not well, we the guy you can take an art museum uh, too and you can watch a great movie and cry at the same time. That's exactly the point. To me, it's like one is not contradictory to the other. And if anything... And those are, the, those again, those dualistic, annoying discussion where if you like UFC or Conan the Barbarian, then you are a fascist caveman. And if instead you are a sensitive man, you are a little bitch who has no strength of any kind. And if you, somebody goes boo, you go hide in a corner because you are this, ooh, the microaggression traumatized me or some shit, you know. Both of those models suck. Yes. The fascist meathead and uh, wimpy sensitive guys they are both awful human beings that i want to have nothing to do with in either scenario because it's that's not how you want to live and again the the notion that those are the only two options put in front of us is kind of like you know people get pissed about the only two option in politics in uh, you got clinton or trump or shit or shit kind of thing at the same time Obviously, it's not just a political thing. We do it in all other fields where it's not just the corrupt politics lead to that. When, when, they, when people have to choose between the wimpy, quote-unquote, sensitive guy and uh, aggressive meathead, that's something we do to ourselves to not come up with third or fourth or fifth option. The idea that that's all there is frustrates the living fuck out of me because it just seems so obvious what needs to be done. And so... But again, just so that I don't come across purely whining and complaining, like, we should do this. It's like, well... Stand up, America. It's time to fix it now. Well, again, let me, I guess, reframe the energy of this conversation, at least from where I'm coming from. Yes, it would be nice if things were different. They are not, so politely shut the fuck up. But Um, they are changing a little bit. Acceptance... 
you got to admit, the meter has gone in the right direction over the past 20 years. And a I little, think tiny in bit. that regard, it's important to, rather than just bitching about what it could be and it isn't, let's instead focus on, okay, let's, every one of us, regardless of where you're at in these debates, what's one step that you can take to balance it out a little better, to actually have access to a different side of experience that you're not so familiar with? More think, hugs. Yeah, that always, that's never a bad thing, you know. <laughs> Figure that out. Look at your personality. Look at how you are. It's kind of like, why did I, when picking martial arts, why did I start leaning heavily toward uh, combat sports? Based on my personality, based on me being a little sensitive nerd, I should have been doing Tai Chi all day long. You know what I mean? Because the problem is that's more of what already I already am. I don't need that. It's nice. It's fun. It feels good. But in terms of developing my personality, I need the opposite. I need more assertiveness. I need more toughness. I need more of that. And so that's where I went, right? Because it was not what I already had too much of. I needed to balance it out. So that, I guess, is my invitation to anybody. Is Break out of your out... tiny little square of this is the way I am and I'm never going to yeah. change. And this, you, know, you know, you look around here, there's guitars, there's art, but there's books, there's everything. You know, there's, People that want to live this life where they're going to sample everything. And I think way too many of us are just too happy with uh, work for the weekend. I'm going to buy yep. a 12-pack, and then it'll be Monday, and at least boom. I don't know how they do it. I'm all for you need it all. You, know, you, can, you can't accept one or the other. You need strength and sensitivity. You need assertiveness and kindness. You need uh, all of it. Why settle for one when you can have it all? I do still hate people that talk on their cell phone while they're in interacting with the checker in Ralph's. Put your fucking phone down. <laughs> That's your pet peeve of the Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. I feel just, just to show no respect. Person's working hard. Take care of your business. Put your motherfucking phone down. It cannot be that. Ex and if it is that important, go see that person in person. That, that helps. On a random note, yes. just for the hell of switching things around. Let me tell you a Duncan Trussell anecdote, which was Ooh. pretty funny. So this was months ago by now, but my phone rang, and other enough, he was good old Duncan. And Duncan was like, Lally? hey, man, I got a recurve bow. Want to come here to shoot it? And I was Ooh. like, hell yeah, you have a target? And, that, and Duncan, all of a sudden, I hear panic. It was like, huh, mm, I have my dogs. <laughs> You're going to get letters. I was dying. I'm not even touching that one. <laughs> that was so funny. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> it I'm is hilarious. hilarious uh, sir. The, that guy is nice to his dogs, but it was pretty funny. Plus, his dogs are really small, so they would make Maybe a really hard target. target yes. <laughs> so. You love the bow, too, right? Yeah, it's great. It's... I've probably told the story a couple times before, but just because we're at this moment, you want to talk about a capacity to make things a, a, a little more for the little girly girls to be less afraid mm -hmm. and for the meatheads to learn their place? Archery. Archery should be in every school physical... Do they even have physical education programs anymore? I know. Seriously, they are disappearing by the seconds. If there are any left, I've seen it work incredible because the folks you don't think are going to be good at the archery pick it up instantly and are great at it. Yep. And a lot of these big, hefty, strong boys who think they're everything because they can tackle you good, um, no capacity. Yeah, no, it's uh, archery is awesome. And it's so there's such a mental game to it because oh, then when yeah. you start focusing very much on the target, 
you start fucking up. The more you think and you want to do well, the more you're going to fuck up. So you have to go into the Zen mode of just going through it without attachment to the outcome. Yep. Yep. Feel the wind for a moment and let the trigger release be a surprise is what I've always heard. That was funny. I went uh, this summer. I ended up playing basketball after probably decades I haven't played. And I used to play pretty damn well, but then I haven't played in forever, right? But the so, shot's still there. So the, the first day after shooting a little, you miss a bunch. And then at one point I went to the free throw line and I sink nine out of 10. Ooh. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's not bad. That's, I still have it. And of course, the next few days, once I started caring and started keeping You're count, thinking Olympic team. my percentage started going, ooh, <laughs> and started just going down and down. Because I would shoot and I'm thinking, better go in. If I screw this up, then I have to make oh. five in a row. To it's like, and of course, suddenly I'm going six out of 10. And it's like, <sighs> well, what is it like, like scientifically? Anything that's examined is immediately skewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mind is a powerful thing. Fear is the mind killer. Let me tell one, just because, just in case that we're improving your day, let me just tell you a story to balance things out. Yeah, thank goodness. So this is not, well, let me tell the story first, I guess. Uh, outside in the yard, there's a giant pepper tree that branches everywhere is humongous and stuff a million little red pepperlets getting yeah. ready to litter the ground there are those and uh, one day i see this quail coming back to its nest and start crying like crazy because a hawk came by and just ate all their eggs and there are eggs scattered everywhere and there's and you know i'm not anthropophy anthropomorphizing animals you know i'm I'm sure that, you know, me and the quail can sit down and have a deep discussion about the impact of money on the political system or debate the finer points of the philosophy. No, but if her babies are dead, she's sad. Exactly. You know, we're not talking Ralph Waldo Emerson philosophy. We're talking dead babies, bad, you know. And so that, and she was so distraught and cry horribly and all of that. And just to remind you how the universe is a uh, kind of mellow place, yeah. the next day the hawk came back, killed her, her, and dated her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she, yeah. she wasn't paying attention. It's almost like that's the intention. I'll get the eggs. That'd make mama mad. Yeah. Which would show, you know, putting a little plan together. That just fucked up. That just, uh, what was it? Seneca's, uh, we live in a universe in which no quarter is given. I think For sure. that's where it's at. So, yes, now that we uplifted your mood, let's go to the next session. daughters is a complicated task and we are here to try to help and we have two perspectives on it um the glorious younger years where she worships everything you say doesn't have any sort of you know doesn't challenge you in any way what you say goes and then the non-existent version of that when they're in their teen years doesn't challenge you in any way i don't know that that's ever existed 
I don't think it exists at all. No, I think it, it's even a complex when they are two, they will challenge you. That's just part <laughs> of the gig. But uh, well, speaking of complicated, Isabella was telling me a few days ago some highly complicated story on the way to school. And I'm sleepy and I'm out of it. So I lost track of what she was saying in about 0.3 seconds. And she went on and on and on. And I hear her just go blah, 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 blah. And in my mind, I'm just zoning out. And all of a sudden, she got my attention again when I heard the words. And if the police stops us, I'll just say, they framed us. We did nothing wrong. <laughs> so that's where I was like, wait, 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 what was the story, Kate? What was happening? But... So what detail did you miss in there? I don't know. I didn't have the art to tell her that I did not listen to the previous part. So, I'm, so she had I'm the whole Ocean's Eleven plan exactly. all laid out, and you had been told what your part of it was, and you don't know nothing about anybody else's, and we start at 3.30. Exactly. So, ready? That's basically what I think it is. And in light of a, <laughs> a, a more recent even Isabella moment, I think that may be exactly what's going on, the Ocean Eleven thing. It starts out in a very sweet kind of way, because he's saying she was kind of sad she said i hate it that you work it that you work so much and i was like well honestly compared to most people i don't work that much i mean i work but i spend a lot of time at home compared to most parents so but you know she didn't give a crap she's like i'm i don't care about most people that's most people i care about the fact that i still want to spend more time with you and um her suggestion to solve our dilemma consisted in this she said please start robbing banks so you can spend more time with me. And I was like, okay, I see the logic there at play. The but, short run for sure. Yeah, but what if I get caught and then I spend 10 years away from you because I'm locked up in some jail because I feel they're robbing a bank. And again, your solution's been always very pragmatic and to the point. Don't get caught. That, your exact word were, just don't get caught. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Somebody get my pistol. Yep, just don't get caught. I think just don't get caught should be a tattoo that I have across my chest. It should be uh, uh, my new motto, just don't get caught. That is awesome. I like it. I think it's going to be the title of this episode, just don't get caught. I can't blame you for that. Yeah. Gretchen came up with a name for her thrift store uh, memoirs. What is it? and, And I think it's great too. How can this still be here? Yeah, well, that that's a question. There's so many businesses out there that I'm always wondering. This must be a tax write-off because it just doesn't. Oh no, this is more like the the, the golden object that you come oh, across. Oh, oh, how could the how other could way this around possibly okay, still okay, okay. be here? No, I was thinking in terms of like actual businesses that you know that they are money laundering because there's no way in the world that somebody go down Melrose Avenue and yeah. it's like boot stores right. and they might sell two pairs of boots a week. Yeah, you're like that does not no, make that's the a money. Good idea. It's a tax shelter. Good way to hide some money. Yep, yep, Give yep. it to the government or exactly. hire some people to work in your boot store. Yep. That's not bad. I believe I'll start my boot store very soon. You should. <laughs> Last but not least on the Isabella moment, um, one of our glorious listeners, by the way, you guys may be familiar with him already, Sean Faust. He sponsored an, a bonus episode a while back. What's up, Sean? Uh, he's the man. Check out his music. I'll put a link in the episode notes for his music. The He sent... Um, Isabella necklace and if you see it people thought she was wearing a crucifix so some lady was like started talking to her about Jesus and he's clarified that he was not a a crucifix he was a miniature version of Conan's sword so she started talking to them about Chrome 
<laughs> you do, man. You're doing it right. There's and I, no question about it. And I think that's the way to do it. Okay. Oh, uh, with that, God. I think we're done with the Isabella moments. <laughs> Well, it's story time, everybody, from our friends at Sure Design T-shirts. Uh, where in the in the history do we go today? We go into Ladies Who Kick Us, and we're going. Oh, that's have, one of our favorites. Exactly, we'll have two of them. So let's start with one lady, uh, Russian lady in World War Two. Now, Russia was not the Soviet Union was. We not, visited this before with a sniper. We so did. The Russians are kicking out the badass ladies. Well, one of the thing, one of the. Communism, definitely, if you're going to rank how many horrible things there have been in communism, you run into a long, long, long list. One thing that was interesting, though, is that in terms of gender roles, they truly had the expectation that men and women should be able to do the same shit, so that, you know, it's you're a man, you're a woman, you need to be able to do it all. doesn't matter. So. Everyone can work in boot factory just fine. Yeah, now exactly. Go stamp boots. It, it also works that way, like in most oppressive, nasty way, but also you get this crazy story more than in other places because the expectation is just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can do certain things. Okay. So in this case, we have um, a lady by the name, well, I think I can pull off the first name, the last name, good fucking luck to me, because Maria, and now let's go for the last name. Aktobrastika. Yeah, that sounds about right. And we would challenge you, that sounds perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. So Just we'll, the way it's spelled, We'll y'all. stick to Maria with a Y, by the way. So Maria with a Y was, um, she married some um, good communist compatriot and they had their happy communist life. I don't know if he was happy or they were communist, but you know, they were in the Soviet Union. They got bread on Tuesdays, what do you want more you want? Right. And the um, problem was that when World War II broke out and the Nazis decided to invade the Soviet Union, mm. they promptly invaded the area where they were from. So she fled east towards Siberia. She was evacuated along with most of the civilian population, but her husband had to stay behind to kind of fight the foreign invaders because, and he promptly got killed by the Nazis in the process. Now, Maria in the meantime was in Siberia, which was pretty damn far away. So it took two years for the news to get to her that she was actually, her husband had been killed. And when she did find out, she was pissed. As she wrote to her sister, I've had, my ba- I've had my baptism by fire. Sometimes I'm so angry I can't even breathe. So the way to deal with it, as in most of our tale in this case, is not to lay down on the analyst couch to think about your emotions. It's revenge. Well, she's backwards what we were talking about. There's a lady yeah. right here who's uh, going to take matter in her own hands. So what did she do? She uh, sold everything she had, collected some money, and wrote a letter to Stalin. Dear Stalin. Yeah, dear Stalin, which I think many people, just those two words are not two words that would go together very well. I don't think his mailbag was quite as full as you might think it was. Probably, I've right? got a few issues here, Mr. Stalin. I'd like to request a... a, a... That's exactly what she said. She said, look, my husband was killed fighting. I want revenge on the fascist dogs for his death and for the death of Soviet people tortured by the fascist barbarians. And for this purpose, she put all her money into the National Bank in order to build a tank. 
Um, I would like you to <laughs> name the tank the fighting girlfriend and um, send me to the front line as a driver of the tank. And eventually Stalin said, oh, what the hell, I can use as many bodies thrown at the Nazis as I can, so you want to die, that's just great, fine by me, by all means, go out. Get this lady a uniform. Yeah, so they initially, you know, the army were a little sketchy. I mean, they had a lot of Soviet women who were fighting in World War II, but they were like driving a tank, that's a little, so she kind of, they put her to the test, realized that she kicked ass, so I was like, okay, I guess... On her first outing, she went out with her tank, outmaneuvered German soldiers, killed about 30 of them, and off we went. That was her first day in the war. Tell me there's a picture of her with her tank. Right. <gasps> in front of my computer, right there. See? Yeah. New piece of... New, oh, oh, hey. Yeah, not bad looking at all. So that's. I just have a problem when ladies get blown up in tanks. Yeah, that I tend to have a problem as well <laughs> with that. I'm, I tend to be less than thrilled with, again, anybody getting blown up with tanks, but definitely women getting blown up in tanks does not please me to no end. Did she survive it? So she kicked us throughout 1943. Um, a bazooka team blew up her tank and uh, instead of you know she jumped out of her tank and she went to fix the thread climb back into the tank to continue onto their path under enemy fire yeah wow. under enemy fire that is correct so <laughs> in answer to your question no she did not make it out alive eventually uh, after going through her march of death, killing Nazis along the way over and over, during another battle, same thing happened, you know, her, her tank got damaged, she hopped out, started to fix it, but this time a German artillery shell exploded close to her and killed her. So that was that. She was uh, afterwards awarded the highest honor in... Uh, um, the Soviet Military Hero of the Soviet Union Award, which wow. I guess was the way to say you have been a good communist, you died for the motherland, you are badass. But yeah, so that's the tale. Um, by the way, if you guys haven't never checked out, there's a great World War II series uh, by Dan Carlin, uh, Ghosts of Something, I forgot, but uh, I was pretty intense and one of the things that Dan does yeah that was great because also shows you that yes the Nazis were obviously awful uh, Stalin communists were obviously awful and of course there were a ton of civilians German and Russian who couldn't not care less about Nazis or communism who just got caught in the crossfire and those are the people you actually feel bad for what was Mao up to at that point yeah another dick right <laughs> so it's that's yeah. a crazy you know it's almost like when I was young and foolish, it's like, well, look at how everything's going so well now. Nothing like that could ever happen. No, it's no, happening in a fucking heartbeat. In a second, absolutely. Well, speaking of which, stories from now. We said two badass ladies, yeah, so yeah. we had one. The other lady, now I mildly distrust this story because mainly I've seen it in all the possible right-wing websites there are. And so the fact Infowars that, presents you know, it gets story time. To, Fox News kind of stuff, but I haven't really seen it out there, which may there mean one of two things. That A, because it fits a more right-wing narrative, they run with it, yeah. but it's not really totally true. B, that a lot of media suck and don't recognize a good story when it's there, and because it doesn't fit into their narrative, they didn't cover it. I don't know which one is the truth, but in any case... Well, it's the truth that the media is dropping the ball. Yeah, the tale goes that there's, uh, right now, uh, something that just recently <laughs> happened, a lady from the Yazidi Kurdish minority in Iraq um, 
put a nice bullet into the head of a Islamic State commander who had previously raped her and sold her as a sex slave to other people. So that's, you know, if there is ever a story of poetic justice, that would be it, where the tale goes that eventually she was able to escape. She, similarly to our Soviet friend, decided that the way to feel better about her past travels was to get revenge. And because, as we well know, the whole Kurdish thing is those guys don't mess around. They do have women on the front lines fighting against ISIS. So that's what she did. Found her in the cross, found the guy in the crosshair, squeezed the trigger, and exploded his head, which is always a nice way to solve some problems. I hope this story is true. If it's true, it's glorious. He's definitely a fellow that deserved a nice bullet to the head. Yeah, yeah, there are those people, definitely. So, so that is the tale for today. So, real quick before we wrap up, I've had this notion recently since birthdays are stacking up. Quickly, mm-hmm. what what do, what world would you want there to be in thirty years? Oh, I mean, Jimmy, I mean mine's it's insane. A... Mine, mine is like you know little manta ray drones that are fishing the plastic out of the water, and that you know that it actually things did go properly. Yeah, especially on this precipice of things going wildly out of control. Yeah, I mean that's. When you're talking about environmental issues, that's definitely one of the and primary that's just, things. Well, I think if we don't address that, you're just wasting your time with everything else. Yeah, because, I mean, that's like without a functioning ecosystem, everything else, what's even the point of talking about it? Cause I read a great article of... about all these insane fertilizers that they just measure by pound per mm-hmm. acre, and it's it's all been insanity. And it all creates those algae blooms in the ocean. Yeah. But Rick Scott, the uh, governor of Florida, mm-hmm. prick dickhead extraordinaire, um, Went crying to the federal government when the algae bloom appeared oh, off the really? side of Florida. The very algae bloom that he'd been warned about with the usage of fertilizer in his state, but he ignored. Of course. Now, all of a sudden, Mr. No Obamacare for my state is like, please, I need federal funds. Yeah. That's... One side of the fence to the other, motherfucker. It's great to see things like that. But the detail I was getting to is this crazy notion that it's the microbes in the soil they're the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And the way they measure that, they'll like dry it out because they'll go into yeah. like a, a, a stasis when it's dry. But as soon as the water comes back, you get this puff of their respiration. And off they go. And you can measure it like that. And the oh. better that is, like the whole notion of farming looks like it's been incorrect for 150 years. Putting the fertilizer on top and all that business is insanity. Clearing the land so it turns into a dust bowl is insanity. You, you send the cattle on to clear the land and shit it up. And then you do what's called slit farming, which sounds a little more fun than it is. I'm sure. But it's literally making a fold open up with the tractor, yeah. putting the seeds and putting Close not up. even any fertilizer right. at this point. Because what the cows are left behind and the yeah. remaining of the roots of all that will all be... And it was very exciting. And that's just one little notion of things we could do so much better. But it's always like, well, that's going to make Monsanto mad. Yeah. Speaking of farming, you were mentioning how I have no tomatoes growing in my garden, which is very sad. Well, you're out of town. Yeah. And also I've had... The land here has been rough. I think because there was probably a tree that before I got here was cut down and the roots were in there. And so they fuck up all the quality of the soil. Well, but just you be ready. The, the, the straw bales are coming. That's what I'm saying. So you need to be officially are higher than my, as my farm manager. I'm going to send 10 of them out here. Because uh, this is the time. Here. They're, they're cutting it right now. So Let's And what's that. best thing is for them to sit out and get that first three-month, well, yeah. three episodes of rain. 
Hopefully it will rain all of January and February. Yeah, man, let's do it. I'm all. Yeah. I'll, I have no problem working. Where just show me what to great. do. And it ain't, it ain't even work, man. It's just pleasure to me. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's all right. Our, our friends at uh, the, the, the Steel Grass Farm in Hawaii will be excited. We'll be pleased. I've been good. sending them tomato updates all summer. I will, uh, I guess I'll think about your question about the future that I envision because that's a big one. I'm just starting to piece but, it together and I yeah. think it's definitely multi months of just sort of pondering things. But I was like, if, if I want the world that I want, I have to know what that is first and then work my way backwards to now. Let's to play see how with you get that there. notion. Let's try to, let's remember this the, yeah. to play it in future episodes. Save the world. Yes. Not save it, just make it fair for everybody. Yeah. Make the Dan Carlin notion not the exception anymore. Because exactly. people could, I mean, look, people, if you need a lesson, go listen to A Boy Named Sue by Johnny Cash. You will find at the end that Johnny Cash had the moment to have things from a different point of view Great when he was going to battle his father that named him Sue. But when he found out why that happened... Then he didn't want to kill him anymore. Didn't he didn't want to kill him anymore. punched the hell out of him, but oh, he yeah. didn't want to kill him. Yeah, that's a great song. I love Johnny Cash. Yep. Hit, hit, hit like a mule and bit like a crocodile. Exactly. Anyway. All right, so we're going to fix this shit. Time to put the old asbestos gloves on and reach deep inside the digital mailbag and see what sort of crazy, awesome things are in there. Hey, can I say something real quick? By all means. Thanks to all the cool things you guys have sent over the years. I think it's like a whole corner of my, you know, little workshop. It's books and sculptures and, oh man, by far my favorite, I think, prostitute uh, whiskey flask oh yeah that was genius that was absolute genius and you're a genius man yes, keep it up that was great but it's gonna be that a, really is nice there's gonna be a runner up i think because there's a late i don't know if she wants her name mentioned so i'll skip just in case but there's a lovely lady who said she's sending a brat in mail in the style of red sonia for savannah wow for, yes so just so she, that barbarian mma mode is gonna be heightened by the red sonia outfit so that could be interesting that's awesome yes um so here we got oh question here we go so the question goes something like this cases in which we have been starstruck either that we have been starstruck or instead we just met some of our heroes and it may have not been starstruck at all but it's still kind of a interesting encounter because you run into somebody that you have looked up big time to when then you meet them in real life once upon a time i was working a gig um for country music television mm -hmm. we're at the ryman and everything's set up and uh it is a celebration of chet atkins guitar superhero invented a whole style of playing that people have emulated including one mark Knopfler, who is a disciple of chet atkins so this is rehearsal day I'm in the alleyway between uh, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge and the Ryman Auditorium, which what sort of his, Elvis walked these, mm -hmm. every country music, Hank Way, all of them. Yeah. And it ends up with a little trio of me, Mark Knopfler, and Chet Atkins just having a nice little chat. Nice. And it's like, look where the fuck I am right now. Or you're it wasn't starstruck. Or, I didn't no, like lock okay. up or anything, but it was just one of those moments like, wow. How the hell did that happen? How did this happen? Yeah. Starstruck's a little different, you know. I mean, 16-year-old me, yeah. I got to meet Terry Nunn from Berlin. She signed my poster from her bus. And Hector Marimba, that was pretty awesome. But that, that may have been moment. Star or something else yeah. than Starstruck. 
Just, so you're talking about just locking up like, oh my God. Well, again, it could be both. It could be like yeah, what you said. I'm, I'm certain it's happened, but it's, it's escaping me right now. Tell, you tell me one. I guess not the star. I'll get to the starstruck part. The not starstruck part would be, I remember meeting Tom Robbins after reading his novels and he was just so awesome. And interesting enough, you know, he really didn't know want to talk about his books or writing or anything. He just wanted to play and have fun and just do his thing. And in, in some way, you know, once you, because, you know, you, you know these people for one reason, but of course they have a little more going on in life. And, and don't want to hear about no, that. No, they don't want to always be talking about <laughs> the same shit over and over, right? So it's kind of like, uh, like my mom was telling me a few days ago was, um, she had, uh, my mom is a journalist and so she was covering some uh, movie thing and, she ended up at this event and some guy is like helping her with something. I forget what it was. And the guy is now help me with names because I suck. Um, guy who did Alexander, Irish guy, Colin Farrell. Oh, oh, the star. Okay. Our, yeah, yeah. our good friend, Colin Farrell. Well, not good friend because I don't know him, but whatever. Uh, in any case, in that scenario, and Colin Farrell is like, you know, my mom, of course, recognized him, but she wasn't going to make a big deal because none of these people like it. It's the way to do it. You know, like they're a regular person. And in fact, they started chit-chatting about other stuff and he was like super talkative and happy and stuff. And it's like when somebody tried to stop to ask him about something on movies, he clearly was turned off. He didn't want to deal with that stuff. You know, it's like, I think everybody does it to one degree or another when you are under the spotlight that way. But yeah, Tom was great because he was having a front row seat to having the embodiment of his books. Even though he wasn't talking about it, everything that he writes about would shine through his personality. And so that was very cool. I was a little Isn't it funny how you run into people through your life? I mean, I know the fact that you met Albert Hoffman, I find yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And just these little chance meetings and with these hundreds of premieres I've done. I mean, yeah, that's. But Starstruck's a whole different thing. Well, okay. If we're going to talk Starstruck, um, no, let me work it up. To okay. It. There's a couple of other that were interesting, I guess. After I developed a Dan Carlin worship mode meeting Dan. But again, we are there to do something. We did uh, Rogan's podcast together. And so it was like, okay, you're not Starstruck. You're there doing the same thing. And right. then meeting in another con. You know, it was always, it, it's not Starstruck. It's pleasant. It's exciting. It's cool. But it's not... Same thing, running into somebody like Rogue. I think when I met Rogan the first time, I was too sick and weirded out to care about anything. So I had, it's like last thing I care is. So definitely, I like that one. The the first episode. Oh was, yeah, yeah, was yeah. The, I was so in another space that I just find your own religion. Visit. Lost all uh, ability to give a fuck about anything. So I was very relaxed. Well, you left some scenario. impressions. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there was that. There was. Um, once was interesting just because I saw the guy when I was four years old or something. The first, not in person, but in the movies. You know, Harrison Ford is one of the biggest movie stars out there. And sure. years after the fact, I find out that a guy that I've known for over 10 years was Harrison Ford's son. You know, I was like, yeah, his last name is Ford, but so what? You know, it's like, is and he, the he chef, never. The no, Ford Phillips or no, the other one? The other guy. He has uh, Wheel Ford. He has a martial art gym in Chinatown. He had a design place out there. He's... But yeah, Wheel never... Of course, you know, you don't go around saying, I'm the son of hers. You know, he just never mentioned it, right, for 10 years. And then all of a sudden, my mom was like doing an interview with 
and from the, you know that Willie is the son of Harrison Ford, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Serious? <laughs> you know? And uh, and so one day when he had some kind of an event, I went there and uh, Willie introduced us to his dad and so on. And I have to say, his dad was he played it very cool because he's not I mean everybody knows Harrison Ford you know if you have ever been to a movie you have seen Harrison Ford but he did not assume anything he was just he stuck out his hand he's like hello my name is Harrison you know very just cool like anybody else and just because I'm a dick I couldn't resist so I just shook his hand and I was like I- I'm sorry you said Harrison right <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun with that that's fantastic but okay starstruck Starstruck, the only case where I, actually, I don't know about the only, but the one I remember where actually I've been Starstruck. Sophia Loren, 1987. You are getting close, um, but still a little too high up for, uh, I'm talking just straight up porn. I met a glorious porn star by the name of Genevieve Jolie, whose work I've been a deep admirer of. And, you know, eventually hanging out with her and we're not exactly discussing the finer points of Nietzsche's philosophies and stuff. And what? the contest of it all and uh, yeah, it was good. It was very, very good. But I was also the entire time I was just like, what the fuck? This is Genevieve Jolie. This is, it was so weird. In so That I was positively started. That's where I was like, yeah, I am starstruck in this moment. <laughs> this is just bizarre. That wasn't going to be my guess for sure. That's yeah. hilarious. So, but yeah, that was a glorious moment in the history of humanity. <sighs> Go get starstruck, everybody. Okay, I don't really know why, but I've been asked to get all the equipment back out because emergency update or uh, uh, something important or... Uh, yeah, uh, you got it correctly. Yeah, we are about to be wrapped up with the episode and realized, nope, one more thing. In case you guys have not heard about it, there's a really interesting event taking place that has been going on for a few weeks. This is probably the most unified i've ever seen indian communities on oh yeah issue. like the, never in history have there been that many tribes together on this yeah the north dakota the opposition to the building of this north dakota pipeline yeah. going through lands where you know the local population natives and non-natives as well sometimes feel pretty scared that if there's any kind of an accident it could really fuck up the missouri river which would have dramatic impacts for lots of people Plus, the pipeline is designed to go through lands that are uh, sacred lands to the Lakota people out there. So, you know, it started out as a local thing with minor opposition by a few locals, and it's quickly grown through more of the Lakota from other reservations, more natives from other tribes, more non-natives coming along. It's thousands of people have camped out there in pretty primitive conditions because the... The government cut out their access to water, trying to make the whole thing more difficult. They would cut out cell signals so that you can call outside. You know, they made it a little bit difficult, but this whole thing has been handled masterfully with so far. And I mean, we are recording on September early 9th. September 9th. So yeah. by the time this year, for all I know, yeah, all hell has broken loose. We'll and be up there recording live before then. But up until now, has been a completely non-violent, very well-organized opposition to this uh, to this deal. 
And really what I'm amazed to, because one of the things that you notice in native stories is there's always some bullshit jealousy and internal fighting and, you know, there's all of that crap happening. It happens with everybody, but definitely seems to happen a lot in native stories. Well, in this case, not at all. In this case, I've seen nothing but an amazing level of unity. I've never seen anything like that in my generation. You probably, I don't even know how long you have to go back to to find this degree of unity, if ever. So it's, an inter- it's a really interesting story. Mainstream media has been beginning now to reluctantly cover it. They haven't for a long time. Check it out. My mom was out there for a few days, um, and she also reported was everything was great about the whole thing. So, yeah, check out that story. They even changed where the uh, planned layout for the pipeline was it used to go up closer to a big city yeah it's been pretty the whole thing is pretty shady but yes we're uh, we're reading up on it so you haven't done so already check it out The Funky Music means one thing, and that's the end of another fine episode of the Drunk and Down Podcast. But we covered a lot of ground there. We Hero sure women. Did. Craziest Bible stories ever. I immediately want responses. You know, yeah. I, I stopped carrying around my skeptic's Bible because the fucker's heavy. But I'm going right to it. Yeah, that's a great and one. And then I can't wait to check, explore the website more. How would you possibly explain any of that shit as being okay? I know, man. But then again, you start thinking about Catholic priests. Well, also, it's not okay, and that's the point. Is right. It's bad, and that's why you need a king. Is uh, Unless oh, you have a I king, miss, okay. things I miss the whole point. turn badly. That's the whole idea. So it's a way to, again, justify authoritarian rule. Because without authoritarian rule, Chaos. people suck, and then we can't have that, because otherwise you have chopped up concubines. Have you heard about the notion of turning everybody's front lawn... Tough for you here at the compound. Yeah, because I have no front lawn. But you got lots of lawn. Yeah. Of which there'll be straw bales in shortly. But um, turn everybody's front lawn into gardens mm-hmm. so I that your whole it's neighborhood. It's a food. This guy is a cucumber expert, and yep. this guy takes care of the eggplants. Should be. Talk about locally sourced. Should be. I ag- that's We've a thing lost our that minds. I'm... I would love to see that in, in actually executed, though. Somebody needs to dig up everybody's yeah. grass, and I'm willing to coordinate it if anyone wants to give it a try somewhere. But that would be epic and awesome to see, especially this time of year. Chris Odell, that's Sarah boss, is very big on this team and also of community. Like, So he always published this link through his Facebook and stuff about places where they are building both homes slash gardens where you know you have this uh, basically modern village where you have 30 homes located around this central garden that everybody contribute to nice and so you have both an interesting concept in terms of eating eating freshly made food that you grow and at the same time having a community around well, it. Well, that's where so it gets it's important. Um, Instead yep. of being 37 enemies all with their fences, yep. you use that property for the good of everybody. Yep. And yep. then you know everybody, too. Yep. There will be Not some... in the biblical way. Oh, unless it's like a really, really good cult. <laughs> right. That's a... Tea party every <laughs> September. Neighborhood orgy. Woo! I see. The, um, <laughs> the, 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 we do not have any donation list because we're recording back-to-back episodes so thank you anticipated thank you to the folks who will have donated by now and will you'll be long overdue to have your name fucked up in the next episode Hell yeah it shall be done just not in this one 
I'll, um, of course, as we mentioned in the opening, please check out the websites for uh, Datsusara on Nathan Shore Design. The links and the discount codes are in the episode notes. You can make somebody's holiday by sending them a, a Joe Rogan, Daniele Bolelli Memorial fanny pack. Yeah. I'm telling you, the day has come. Yeah. Well, let's not make it a memorial. I don't want to be dead I yet. I didn't mean memorial. But, yeah. Honorary? Honorary. Let's do that. I like that better. The um, Amazon link, especially you know Christmas shopping coming up, all of that, please remember us when you do that. As usual, I mention it once in a while because I don't want to make this too long, but I might as well since I haven't in a while. Amazon does not give you credit if you have stuff already in your cart. It has to be you click the link, opens the Amazon window, and then you buy whatever you want right there on the spot, not stuff that's already in your cart. So if it is, just jot it down what it is on a piece of paper, drop it out of your cart, and buy it again. That would be sweet. So yes, please use our Amazon link. Uh, as usual, our t-shirts, you want to wear them. I always get a kick when I get emails from people who tell me, you know, I was on a bus and I saw this other guy with a drunken Taoist t-shirt. I'm like, that's awesome. That's that awesome. Just, that makes me happy. When we get the church up and running, you'll be able to buy it right there at the, Indeed. At, at the gift shop. In the coffee mugs. After I read the Bible story. And uh, yes. It's going to be a different church. It's going to be a church to the, the no, Dan Carlians. I know. I was just playing, but yes. Yeah. The Taoist um, Lecture Series, it's out there. Uh, we, and on the same site, you'll find the audio version of my book, Not Afraid. You want to check either one of them. That would be sweet. Uh, if you are in the mood for chocolate, we do have an affiliate link with Curacao Chocolate, and we have had for quite a while. Thank you to Daisy House for the glorious music, as usual. And, uh, and big, you know, those of you guys who have been contributing to Kiva.org, that's always very sweet. You have been doing the Lord's work. I shall bless you. Um, anything else? No. Okay, cool. You guys have a wonderful day. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people. Do that instead. Yeah, I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. <laughs> this was great, it's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. We've been yeah, having a great hour here. Dun, dun, dun. I, 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 I,
completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's go, Didio. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell. Can me you about translate it? for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work.